You ready to record? Oh, you're recording. I'm recording. All right. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Cinephodies. It's the podcast where we talk about movies. Um, I'm Kelly. I'm still Mason. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy San Diego. <laughs> Jeremy San Diego. Carmen San Diego's uh, lesser lesser known brother. Yes. They see they see me. In the city that never sleeps, baby. See me rolling. Um, yeah. All right. Well, what movie did we watch this week? Uh, we watched uh, Borat's subsequent movie film this week. <laughs> may um, have heard of it. We're going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're we're going to first, the first look. First look at Borat's subsequent movie movie film. Yeah, we were yeah. actually on the press list. You you might be surprised to know, but you know, one week in, we're already topping charts. We're on Sasha Baron Cohen's radar. Yeah, we, have yeah. a, we actually have a meeting with um, Mike Pence next week, in which Mason and um, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy are going Diego. to um, try to uh, give me as a gift. But yeah, so we'll, we'll update you guys on that. Um, that's why. That's why kind of got the hair treatment. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, I did get my hair done. Um, oh, I thought you guys can't see that. This is an audio video. podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. But just imagine, imagine <laughs> what, imagine what you thought Kelly's hair looks like before, and now imagine it different. different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. From really hot girl Asian to really sophisticated girl Asian. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, originally we were going to watch something more um, spooky, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we were going to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, which, you know, is very spooky. It's a Tim Burton movie. But then Borat's subsequent movie film came on, and we were like, why not try to be topical? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to challenge you here, Kelly, and mm-hmm. say maybe the spookiest thing of all is, you know, the racism at Donald Trump. <laughs> And uh, Mike Pence. And America. I think the spookiest thing is the racism to the people of Kazakhstan. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't know if we're going there right now, but crazy. Uh, I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> San Diego. That's me. Uh, Jeremy San Diego that's got me. a lot I know of, my name. <laughs> Jeremy San Diego got a lot of negative opinions. I mean, a lot of positive opinions towards Kazakhstan. But Sasha Baron Cohen like unfairly dunks on them the entire film. Like the I, I did some research and the people of Kazakhstan like hate for the Borat series. They hate it so bad. Well, I'm yeah. not surprised, you know. It doesn't exactly paint a uh, very, you know, flattering picture of, of their country. No, yeah. Um, so believe it or not, previously in my you know, back in college, guys, um, <laughs> So long ago. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but I studied um, cinema and media studies. Um, If you're listening to this and you're a child, don't get this degree. Um, (laughs) But I did, nonetheless, I did. And um, for one course, I had to actually do a final presentation on Borat. Um, So real academic rigor here. And what one thing that we covered in the original Borat, which came out, when did it come out? Does anyone know? Like 2004, 2008. 2008. Yeah. Wow. That's like, I thought it was a lot older. Wow. Okay. Anyway, um, that, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen basically makes fun of every single type of person in this, in, in that movie. And like, but the people that get it worse definitely are the people of Kazakhstan. Like, he makes fun of Black people, makes fun of Jewish people, all of these, you know, he's, Borat is, you know, <laughs> yeah, known for being of... politically incorrect and, you know, having these traditional Did he make fun of Black people? Values. I, there was the, like, there's the short scene where they're Yeah, where he's, him, like, uh, quote, unquote, like, hood talk. I don't remember what they say. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, like, I forgot Borat. I, forgot, I haven't seen Borat 2008. Yeah, he, like, meets some people on a stoop. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, <laughs> women. Does Sasha Baron Cohen say the N-word? Uh, I think he, he does. He does when he goes to the hotel, right? 
in the original. And they bleep it out. Yeah. I don't know. It's been. I'm pretty it's sure been that he does. Like he pretty much does everything. Like. Yeah, pretty much any offensive thing. thing that you can think of, he does in the original Borat movie. Um, speaking of the original Borat movie, I don't know. Do you, should we like? I feel like we should. Talk oh, yeah, about we should give some context. Was and, like, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, have Live just been living the past <laughs> past twelve years, not understanding my wife. Um, my wife. Very nice. Whole <laughs> no reason that well, crazy Mike got don't married. Don't worry, because Cinephonies is here to enlighten you. On, what on we Borat. do best. Um. Yeah. Do do either of you want to? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um. Yeah. I can give a, I can give a brief a brief ahead, summary. With not your necessarily. Mike. Yeah. So, Borat, uh, 2008, is a film by comedy genius. Some would say Sasha Baron Cohen. Um. Where a Jew and, he, and notable a Jew. Jew, notably importantly, a Jewish man. Um, plays a reporter slash journalist from. The country of Kazakhstan, which in the movie is represented as this like incredibly backwards place. They have a ceremony called the running of the Jew. They like treat their women in honestly, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's you know, framed very it's much. worse than being property, I would say. Yes, it's framed very much as like an old Eastern European, like almost like they never came out of like the middle ages yeah, or something exactly like they live on farms where everything is just like dirt and sad and old and wooded yeah and like the women these... wear like babushkas yeah and... yeah they have all these like and, and jeremy doesn't jeremy san diego doesn't like to bring this up like randomly but he feels like it's important to know despite what my name might imply i'm actually from kazakhstan oh wow so not <laughs> yeah. from san diego this is yeah, so the Jeremy, that's well. It, it, there's actually there's a long story of imperialism, which is how I got this name. But um, Jeremy San Diego actually, um, he's 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 a he's a complicated character. And and actually, what most people don't know about um, Kazakhstan is that it is a Muslim majority country. Um, it's like it's like closer to the Middle East, but it's also a lot of Asian people as well. It's like yeah. very Muslim yeah. Asian. So it's also nothing at all like Romania, which is where this is from. <laughs> Yeah, and this Kazakhstan was also, it's also a former Soviet bloc country, right? I believe. Yes. Um, so that's it was actually the, the last Kazakhstan. country to leave the Soviet Union. Interesting. I think we could, I mean, let's finish um, yeah. talking more about what Borat is, but I have some, this gives me an idea about, you know, why maybe he represents the people of Kazakhstan so poorly. Yeah, okay, I think I think that the, the Soviet idea like plays into this representation of Kazakhstan in this first movie um but basically Borat the reporter is charged by the premier of Kazakhstan to go to America and uh honestly I don't even really remember what his mission was something about like figuring out how America works so that Kazakhstan can learn from this information and uh rise to great glory yeah. or something he's along like, those he's lines like the number four reporter and he like is going to figure out what it's like in America and yeah, try to bring that information exactly bring that yeah. information back to. Um, and like over the course of the movie, the specific plot beats aren't really that important. But the most important thing about this movie is that almost no one in the film, besides Sasha Baron Cohen and a couple of other actors and people who were looped in, were told that this was a like movie satire. that was being shot a satire movie yeah. so Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah it in many ways it is it's a lot of footage of real people's reactions to Sasha Baron Cohen performing these like absurd stunts under the guise of this Borak character and some of them like he talks to three feminist women in this movie and is just you know talking from his uh Kazakhstani perspective about the rights that women should have and he kidnaps Pamela Anderson um after Pamela obsessed Anderson with her a few people to yeah. actually know that but no one else at this <laughs> no <laughs> one else at she, this she book signing <laughs> yeah so he, but yeah he, he kidnaps her and no one else at this book signing that he was at knew like it's really 
crazy well done like yeah satire it's it's very interesting because when i did the project on the original borat obviously the question that i had was like how did they do this and there's not a lot of information on like how does sasha baron cohen get these interviews and i mean honestly probably just being sasha baron cohen helps him to get access to pr and press numbers and just arrange interviews and then just have people sign agreements before he ever enters the room and then you know they have whatever time the person (laughs) gives them to get some crazy reaction out of it and i do think a lot of it depends on like the editing you can kind of tell sometimes that like things are taken out of context but you know it is a very enjoyable um (laughs) well i think it is It's it's just like that cringe humor but before cringe was cringe you know yeah it was just authenticity yeah (laughs) it's it's important i think that the audience is in on the joke but the majority of the people being filmed are not in on the joke right so borat in a sense is a mocking but it's yeah it's mocking those who it documents so there's an interesting kind of layered to that what were you gonna say um jeremy oh yeah so um i was actually reading about uh, so I actually, I actually, I was also really interested in how they did some of these, like, like some of these, some of these people, because it felt like, like for example, like I, so uh, like the guy who's um the fax guy, this felt so yeah. convenient, and I, I was just confused. And I actually found a, um, I found a, I found some local news, um, Noonan business owner featured in Borat single uh, sequel by the Times Herald, and it's just like this guy talking about how he, um, I mean, it's this guy being like, oh my god, they found, uh, they found me. Like, they, they have, well, I mean, like, oh my God, I'm in the movie. And he's like, so Smith said producers told him the film was a documentary about someone from Russia learning about American life. Um, and then apparently, um, so what happened, how they do this, how the producers do it is they get a, uh, they, they show the uh, people who they're going to document, like a, a, list, a list of like, picture, like a, a bunch of people. And if they don't recognize any of them, then they're like, okay. So they, 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 they exclude a lot, basically. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, are these people different Sasha Baron Cohen characters? Or? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, okay. let me see. Uh, oh, God. I don't know. Um, Smith producers <laughs> tested him by showing him pictures, some of which were Baron Cohen, and asked Smith if he recognized any of the people. So it's like pictures of Sasha Baron Cohen mixed in with like randos were like, gotcha, like just okay. to see if they're lying or whatever. You know, it's like, a okay. So like, can yeah. you pick Sasha Baron Cohen out of a lineup kind of thing? Yeah, just like, is, really is it Sasha Baron Cohen, like in any way? And so, and yeah, and so that's how they, that's how they did the facts guy. And so I think that I, I want, I want, I'm curious about the Brian guy. The Brian guy was so funny. Yeah. The the what thing? Um, the one where he's, he's uh, watching porn. On that one, I, that one was a genuine laugh for me. Like, that was like such a oh, obvious yeah, that one is oh yeah yeah the <laughs> on the, the phone, phone guy. Brian, Brian now I'm yeah get back together well so that's the first movie he basically I think I would say that he travels mostly through the south of America in the first movie and the yeah. whole thing is that originally he goes to like be a reporter he starts in New Kazakhstan. York right? yeah and then something happens where it like falls through and then he's like, well, I'm just going to be an American and follow my dreams. And then he like sees a video of Pamela Anderson. And he's like, she must be my wife. She is the woman of my dreams. And then it's a road trip to California. Yeah. Is essentially how it's framed in the original film. And then this one, does someone want to explain the basic premise of this one? Or I can. It's basically yeah, that for it. he, so when he went back to Kazakhstan, he like, wasn't allowed to be a journalist anymore because the people of Kazakh, like his report, like brought a lot of negativity, I guess, to Kazakhstan in in the canon of Borat. But they're giving him this one last chance to deliver a gift to the Trump presidency so that um, the Kazakh people can um, reap the benefits of, you know, the Trump campaign because naturally they are in support of 
that abomination <laughs> as they are in support of pretty much everything that is wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I guess he comes up with the idea somehow. The, the beginning is kind of weird. He like goes home and like he realizes that he has children. <laughs> and one of my favorite lines <laughs> happens at that point, um, which is where <laughs> like one of his sons is like, I I'm not, I don't associate with you. Or like, I don't like you anymore or something like that. I'm going to go by Jeffrey Epstein now. <laughs> that one was weird. That was, yeah, that was, that was an odd line. Dude, and you know what? I liked I, it. Actually, you know I thought, thought it was, that, that was like one of the parts that I laughed out loud the most. Maybe I, I think I think there's a really important reason for that, actually. Well, this I mean, my, you guys want to hear conspiracy theory? Sure, hit me. bring it. <laughs> Redeem conspiracy theory, 1200 yes. like bucks. All right, here we go. So, um, so basically, right, the, the part of the movie, right, um, Kelly Hong to really just, just, just speed through it. Right, basically, the coronavirus happens, and like the second half of the movie is all about coronavirus, and then the, the plot revolves around around coronavirus, and the end being like the movie was about coronavirus. You might be able to hear and, the squeaks of my um, cat. <laughs> that's Charlie. Oh my god, there's a cat on the screen right now. Anyway, so the fucking the coronavirus. Holy shit, cute as fuck. Um, the coronavirus, and basically the plot is like so at the end, and the whole it's a whole conspiracy, right? And like Sasha Baron Cohen was actually transmitting the coronavirus throughout. Yeah. And right, and so that's and that that's like oh, okay, so that, that's where they ended up with this film. But I'm realizing like if that was this movie wasn't about coronavirus, what would it be about? And I think almost certainly this this uh, the the Sasha Baron Cohen's probably thoughts going into mm -hmm. this movie was going to make it like a Jeffrey Epstein. Absolutely, uh, I mean yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. The whole thing is that he's selling his or giving gifting his daughter to someone in the his fifteen year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely about I think like, it was like a Jeffrey Epstein trying yeah. to draw ties between uh, our bureaucratic overlords, as Truanon would say, and <laughs> being pedophiles. Yeah, I, think I, I, I bet you. I bet. I bet there's probably going to be like an interview with like if there was the coronavirus interview with um, Gladwell. Um, what's his name? Maxime Maxwell. Gladwell. Maxwell. Maxwell. Glad Jizz Lane, Lane Maxwell. Maxwell. Mix it up backwards. <laughs> Lane Maxwell Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> They're both involved. <laughs> as we know. Both of them together. Yeah, both of them at the same time. But I definitely think that that would have probably been in the cards if there was no coronavirus. I think that's probably where this movie was going to head. Yeah, I think that's like, an excellent read. Yes, I would agree. But then, you know, the whole thing that changed the world, you might have heard of it. It's a little thing called COVID-19. What's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast in the future, um, you know, tell us, uh, tell us how well this conversation aged. Yeah, thank, thank God. <laughs> if you're listening to this conversation in the future, like, thank God there's a future. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Shout out to you for surviving the apocalypse and listening to our podcast with your precious time. This podcast is found in like a Zoom in like the year three thousand and five, like next to a fire pit. Why, why does right Zoom come back? I feel like no, I feel like I feel like a Zoom is gonna last longer than an iPod. That just might be my bias. Oh, okay. Because go down this onto a Zoom. The Zoom wow. people didn't think to program. Um, planned obsolescence yeah exactly that's why they failed yeah. <laughs> and that's that on that you heard it for here first folks zune 2030 no 30 you're 3000 jonas brothers zune 3000 um all right so now that we've given a uh a of the first and second borat movies to some degree of success i don't know if you haven't seen it uh you should probably watch Amazon both of them Prime, before you, know. you listen to it. It's, it's on Amazon of, Prime. Yeah, the irony of it being on Amazon Prime. Not lost on We can just Wait, leave can that hanging. We all know. Explain that? I, I actually didn't get it. Is just it because like, Amazon Prime's full of pedophiles? Well, probably. But it's more <laughs> I mean, just that, like, for such an anti-establishment character and idea, it's weird that this movie was produced by Prime Video. Would you say it's anti-establishment? I would say, like, okay. It I ends with like a vote. I would say Sasha Baron Cohen is pretty anti-establishment in this yeah. film. I would, I would agree. And I think especially the first Borat was even more anti-establishment in general. And I think that is 
something that I want to talk about later is like differences in how this movie felt, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. I felt like this movie was kind of pro like liberal establishment, establishment, honestly, especially with the like, like, I don't know, just like with the whole like, like I don't know, it, it, literally the end message was like, please vote. And like, yeah. I don't know, it just felt reductive. I don't know. I would say though that like, in our current climates, talking, saying to please vote while- Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, definitely, you know what I mean? Like, for sure that, I mean, voting in itself is contributing or playing a part in an establishment for sure. But I think that, you know, we can all say and agree that, you know, please vote in other words. We should vote. Please vote. Please do vote. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to vote because Jeremy San Diego is, again, a convicted felon, but... <laughs> Vote um, because Jeremy San Diego can't. Yeah. Yes. Make sure that uh, that his voice is heard at the polls. Yeah. Um, he's he's voting but, for Joe Jorgensen. Yes. The Green Party. <laughs> Please vote, Please for, George vote for the Green Party. I don't know who the Green Party candidate even is this year. But uh, libertarian. Nah, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's establishment. Um, but yeah, so on the subject of the liberal establishment and this movie being, uh, a little bit more one-sided than the previous one, um, I think that Sasha Baron Cohen and his team, I don't know how big that team is, it might just be him, uh, realized and understood that making a movie like Borat 2008 in today's current <laughs> excuse me in today's current climate would not be a great idea yeah no yeah definitely like i can understand why yeah no, my, i also understand choice. i agree i mean even you could say like the inclusion of the daughter character yeah um yeah there's a lot oh yeah there was a lot more plot this time around though. i would yeah. agree there's a lot more plot and what feels like a lot more script yeah, for much sure. More intentional and less like shit posting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think a thought that occurred to me while I was watching the second one was that the first movie feels like a movie that Borat, the character, made, and the second one feels like someone made a movie about Borat. Yeah, yeah. And I think, it, I mean, that's what I mean, this, with the scripted scenes, you know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and I would even say that a possible motivation for making Borat to like this movie is, is totally the political message, yeah. which might be why it feels less anti-establishment and more part of this liberal agenda. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can't I deny like I would be shocked if, you know, this release time wasn't intentional. What? Yeah. Would you- yeah, I mean, that definitely they rushed things. With the release. I mean, because there was like that ugly green screen part at the end, right? Where like uh, he was in like remember when he was in like fucking Australia with Tom Hanks? Oh yeah, that was that was weird. That stood out. That stood out like a sore thumb. But I think I mean I think it did honestly some really good things for like unity. Like I don't like I really liked like the, the QAnon people, like how they were like shown to be very good and nice. I feel like it was much more three D representation of characters in this movie than in like the original Borat and maybe I'm just being stupid right now, but hmm. like the way that they showed like, like it was like the, the uh, you, could, you saw um, like, like they, they took it in. similar to how it wasn't the original Borat because I mean the original Borat too, like it doesn't really depict these people despite having certain views. It doesn't really depict them as despicable humans the way that yeah. maybe like um all gas no breaks does sometimes mm, i don't okay <laughs> honest honest side note i i do take issue with that i i think that all gas no breaks in general does a good job of presenting how these people are acting in the context that they're in and i don't think that the point like the point of an all gas no breaks episode is not to like give a rounded picture of the people who were there it's to give an image of what the event was like yeah if that makes and also sense. i think and i think like yeah no no breaks like all they're doing is like interviewing people like 
Yeah, but there, I think in the opportunity to have more cuts and things, more things taken out of context, and there's more play within them, that to create a narrative of their impression of the event. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. That, that was kind of a side track. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would have to, I guess, watch them again more critically to really compare them all. And that's not the point of this podcast. This movie, yeah. this podcast is about Borat's subsequent movie film, the very feminist version of Borat. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I, didn't buy, I didn't buy the character growth for a second, though. Like, as long as we're talking about like, scriptedness, mm-hmm. um, definitely, you know. <laughs> yeah, but like, since when has Borat ever been like a super plausible, like well you know well developed character i guess like yeah, but when is kind of just been scripted as well you know like exactly it's like, yeah. like it's like, it's like, like they, they tried to do something a bit new and then i don't think that that part was strong at all i, I think agree. it's I think it was too plotted especially like the father daughter relationship in general yeah yeah i mean because, I mean, it's all ridiculous to try and even make sense of it in some way because it's like, how can someone go from keeping their daughter in a cage and not even knowing she exists and giving her onions as treats to respecting her as a person? But hey, I, I resent the onions thing. Onions fucking slap, all right? Yeah. Like, onions are a high-quality treat. Nothing like any, a raw any, onion. Any woman loves. <laughs> Does your right, life so love, you. love onions? You'll bond. She's a big <laughs> onion lady. Our first date, we had some onions. I was like, are you going to eat these onions? And she was like, yeah, we are. And our kiss was really oniony, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Kissing on the first was... date. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yikes. I kissed her everywhere, if you know what I'm saying. Oof. Oof. In her butt. Hey, uh... But yeah, yeah so leave, Borat, leave that one in. <laughs> Borat. Um, <laughs> onions. Yeah, I think. Oh my god! What? When she opened the beer bottle with her vagina. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that scene with the with the uh, the sugar baby was uh, that was amazing. Was, was something else. Yeah, and also I mean, the, just the the debutante ball scene was also just like unreal. I had to pause. I had to pause yeah. and like walk away for a little bit. <laughs> that was that was kind of kind of difficult to watch i think what was the debutante one when the they go to the debutante like that that scene was one where i was the period dance legitimately unsure if it was real because i was ah oh, god damn it i was hoping i have was- an account <laughs> hold on anyway so yeah uh, so uh it was yeah i was legitimately unsure it was, it was just so horrible it was so crazy and it's just the the debutante yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this debutante ball, which is still a thing that exists apparently, right? So like, you show off your like eligible, your eligible daughters to to the people. Your eligible daughters. Those yeah, it's like and, and, they, and the boys see them and they're like, "Hoochie mama, I want that one." And like that's like a thing that happens. I know what yeah. debutante balls are. Like I didn't. So that's what I was. Just... <laughs> oh no no. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm just. I don't remember this part of the movie. The period dance. Really. Basically, the period dance is where she lifts up the pan. The woman lifts up her panties. And she just dances all period bloody. And everyone's really uncomfortable. And I felt really sympathetic towards that because I feel like a debutante ball is like a 16-year-old's like, like for most of these girls, like this was like their thing. This is like they were, this is like the big event. It could be like someone like ruining someone else's prom. And that's why I think I felt so cringe. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I'm sure that, that super it was... Fair. <laughs> like a lot of these things it was like sasha baron cohen ruining a moment of like racism and like ruin like really showing racists like you got it like you fuck you idiot yeah. like just like playing into racism making them embarrass themselves this was just him embarrassing himself and like ruining a very event that was like really important to like, a bunch of like teenage people yeah yeah you know, i think that's a teenage person that is a a very fair criticism of it and i think that maybe the intention might have been to like I, I mean, debutante balls are pretty stupid, in my opinion. They are, um, and and fairly like, I don't backwards like is maybe the wrong word. Pretty, but, like, pretty. Yeah, it's like it's not. It you know, it's not a. It's not a great um, announcing yourself to society as being ready to be married. 
Yeah. But like, you know, a debutante ball, right? Okay. Like what about like well like what about a bar bot mitzvah or quinceanera? Those like those are the I think like, the, the difference the difference is though like those other events are like you know for a bar bot mitzvah it's a celebration of your like official entrance into the covenant with God. Um, I don't really know exactly what a quinceanera is, uh, but that seems like more of an individual celebration of adulthood. Debutante ball is much more of a like presentation of young women as like objects of status in society which i think is why i okay feel a little bit like debutante balls and like a debutante ball and a prom i think there are some app comparisons to be drawn in terms of like how excited people would be about it but i think that the debutante ball definitely is like a vestige of a society that did not place the same, you know, value upon like women that we do now. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think that Sasha Baron Cohen really has much respect for spaces of, um, <laughs> like white, white presentation or <laughs> like, um, you know, being a certain type of, or a certain amount of, what's the word I'm like, like proper and such. Like, I think that he is, especially the Borat character disrupts these spaces very intentionally. And like, while I agree, like, yes, it's shocking and disturbing and, but that is entirely the point of the scene. And I'm not saying that's lost on you at all. I'm sure that you understand that. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I think the reason it was so cringy to me was because it's, like, like, for, like, most of the Borat stuff, I feel like most of the time, like, that's why I don't like the Kazakhstan either. It's, like, I feel like most of the time his victims are deserving. You know, to bring, you know, Noam Chomsky's manufactured consent into here. I'm not going to. I'm not. But um, the idea of, like, uh, but, like, yeah, like, like, who is deserving and who isn't deserving, right? And I feel like so the original Borat was pretty good at being, like, making fun of only those who kind of deserved it. Like, if, they, if like, they're make, making fun wasn't really, like, him being, like, look at you, you're embarrassed or you're uncomfortable. It's more like, I'm going to act weird. And the way you react towards it is going to embarrass you. It's going to make you super look super stupid and fail. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I think more so than any other scenes in the film, really, I think the debutante scene was much more of a, like, pure shock value ad rather than, There's like, no way that, like, like, what's a proper way to respond to that? It's just, like, like okay, yeah. <laughs> like what? There's do you no, do? there's no, there's no. I like, mean, in the no, moment, like, of course, way. you're you're shocked. It's kind of a cheap gag in a way. Exactly. I, that's yeah. what. That's why I think it's like. Yeah, it's like yeah, I understand, but I think uh, on the flip side, I'm sure that a lot of people years from now, to especially a certain audience, I could see people being like, "Oh, I was part of the debutante ball that." Borat or Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat ruined, you know, like almost as like a clout, some something. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that in people's like Tinder bios. Yeah, or yeah. like someone making a TikTok, being like, "This was me." Now and here I am I'm now here at Wharton <laughs> and TikTok. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. In the uh, in the interest of keeping this at a at a digestible length, I feel like we should uh, continue to move through the movie because there, are, I think two two other scenes that we should really talk about being okay. which the one? Q, the QAnon into the rally and personally, the performance at the at the rally was one of my favorite. Like yeah, it's in this classic movie. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, that was just like so well done. <laughs> that <laughs> Honestly, like, is what of, we want. That's the content that we want. Yeah. You know? But I love the way that was framed, though. It was framed very like Furious Bueller. You know? Did you guys get that vibe at all? Like, I kind of felt like I was like I was like, oh my god, it's him! It's oh, look at this raggedy guy up there, just like winging it, singing a song. Like it was very wholesome. Yeah, and except he was like singing this incredibly racist song at a far right rally. I mean, you know what happened with 
Borat is that, you know, Borat's supposed to be, what is he supposed to do? Basically, he's separated from his daughter at this point. Yeah. Well, he's looking has for his daughter. No, has nowhere to go. COVID hits. There's a sequence where he's cheek kissing many a person. Then he finds someone at like a gas station. He's like, hey, where is everyone? They're like, oh, this COVID thing. And then he's like, can I come stay at your house? And he's like, well, sure, I guess. And then he brings him back to his house and there's some other guy there. And, you know, they're drinking the brews. They're, they're countrymen. They're they start telling him about the QAnon conspiracy, <laughs> the QAnon truthisms. It's honestly so crazy to me that QAnon became like crazy. I mean, Jeremy, me, I was uh, at, at the beginning of QAnon. Like I saw that start starting off and I was like, this is funny. Are we getting a confession from Q right now? No. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy is Q? Q. You heard it here first, Jeremy's folks. No, but I mean, like, like I mean, you guys remember when I was young, when I used to have a radio show that was dedicated to like insane conspiracy theories. Um, yes. I don't know if you guys knew that actually, I, uh, but I did. And um, and during that, I, I stumbled upon QAnon when it was like a really small thing. And like, I was like doing bits about that during my radio show. And then the fact that it like, has expanded to this like global like worldwide phenomenon that people like don't even like understand like, where the information comes from is insane yeah yeah QAnon yes, is, a, QAnon is a crazy is thing quite a phenomenon and it is the future of politics i hate to say <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but that's I not am... what this podcast is about um, I, crazy mike and i am very glad that sasha baron cohen managed to find some QAnon folks to include in this movie and we talked about this earlier but his like his portrayal of them was I would say like pretty well-rounded like they just they did come across as like fairly normal people for you know their locale um, who happened to believe this wacky conspiracy about Hillary Clinton and the children in the pizza shop yeah, so for people who are unaware of QAnon or what it is, um, first of all, you know, come on, get on the internet, get up what's happening. But basically, it's like people who believe in Pizzagate and then take it 5,000 steps forward to believe that, you know, and, you know, there are certain kind of... Um, it's like Donald Trump is... that... Yeah. He's the chosen Messiah sent oh, yeah, by yeah. God to and then, disrupt the Democrat pedophile ring that yeah. drinks the blood of innocent children. Is basically, I think, the gist of it. And there's yeah. a whole, like, you can, there's probably some YouTube videos about this uh, by non QAnon people that would explain it better than we can. Um, but all you really it's need to know is better that than you can, maybe. I mean, okay, that's fair. I'm not an expert on QAnon I'm an expert. like Jeremy is. I'm a- <laughs> and, um, and of course, and at its core, like I would say a lot of QAnon I mean I would say maybe a lot of QAnon focuses on like American children being abducted because like they identify more but there is also this kind of belief that you know our country is run on the blood of young Balkan girls which in Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat's version of Kazakhstan um, makes his daughter one of these people. Yeah. Which brings it back to this idea that originally this film was going to be about QAnon, Jeffrey Epstein Q- kind QAnon, of QAnon, Jeffrey Epstein thing, yeah. overlaps, which is very interesting. And I honestly yeah. kind of wish that it would have been that. But then, you know, just like everything, coronavirus ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that scene, I, I mean, Essentially, and then he takes him to a rally in the aforementioned scene where he, what what happens? He just is like, oh, I'm just going to go up on stage. I think, so my, my theory for that was that he was pitched to the people of the uh, the rally by some way or another as like an actual performer, someone like small or something. And yeah, what was they probably name? ran it. I don't remember what the name was, but he sings this song that he had, I believe, written with the help of his two QAnon friends. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of lines about Obama, a lot of some lines about the Saudis. Um, a line, my favorite 
part of that entire sequence was he has a a line about the Jews and the camera cuts to a shot of three people with their faces blurred out and oh, yeah, like, one of them very unironically just like throws up a nice little soft uh you know Heil Hitler arm and I was like wow you know, maybe who's blocking the sun from his eyes yeah I mean it's the sun possible. that was in the other direction you know and maybe he maybe there's a reflection in a mirror the song you know, is an absolute banger I mean already topping the charts of 2020 you know who needs Saweetie when you have Borat as yeah. like Cowboy Johnson or whatever his pseudonym is yeah his rock star pseudonym was <laughs> on the topic of topping the charts this is like one of three movies to have come out this year so I'm really excited to see it win the Oscars. <laughs> um, it's this and Tenet. I really wish that I, this Tenet and like Mulan. <laughs> Mulan's um, gonna I, sweep. I really wish that we got numbers like box office for streaming because I have to think that this one did pretty well. I mean, Amazon gave it a full banner on its front page, like not just putting it at the top of the page, but gave it a full like ring of like basically where six movies you normally would say it's just like Borat movie film and I mean I also think you know we all need some comedy right now whether it even if it is cheap shock comedy do do we need do we need political comedy though I feel like SNL has that covered (laughs) yeah SNL definitely uh much much better done uh, critiques of America and uh, much funnier than Borat. This is the official stance of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just fucking kidding. There was Borat, a horrible um, SNL skit the other day, actually, where, that was sponsored by like. Um, you just said SNL skit. Horrible's implied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <sighs> well, yeah, it was like one. It was sponsored by HBO. Um, and f- like to advertise Lovecraft Country, which is I'm guessing not doing very well. And they wanted they put enough money into it that which I suspect they wanted it to be you know, short. Like, short know. aside is is criminal because Lovecraft Country is really good. You should go watch it if you're listening to this podcast. I, I need to Back watch to it actually. Yeah. Um, I hear that it is really really great and it's deserving of the hype. But basically, it's just a horrible SNL skit where. someone like the whole bit is that she can't accurately describe how good Lovecraft Country is so it just makes her seem like she's just like rambling and doesn't know how to describe things and everyone else's character is confused (laughs) so it just makes it seem like no one knows their lines (laughs) 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 it's even worse than you know a normal SNL skit um but yeah, back to Borat, subsequent movie film. I mean, I would say that this is pr- pretty much the most feminist film to exist ever. I think that he totally oh, yeah. succeeded, and Borat is now... Yeah, misogyny think, is no more. On the topic of <laughs> feminism, though, I kind of liked how those QAnon guys were like, yeah, women are equal. Like, we love women. Like, oh, women yeah, are... they did say that. Though. Yeah. yeah like, I think, nice I think like, people are getting moment. more woke in general, and it's just, like, it's just kind of funny. Like, you can be more woke and you still, like, think of... Like, I mean, I don't know, the Clifton, and the thing is, like, it's, I don't know, it, I'm not going to reveal to play my hand too much here, but so not, not all the QAnon stuff is bullshit, all right? Yeah. Clinton crime family, look it up. Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. like, that shit's real for sure. Go, honestly, We're not saying that just Hillary go. Clinton did, like, a two-year-old's toes at Jeffrey and, um, Epstein's mansion. We're just saying it was Bill Clinton definitely that. flew on his plane. Um... Yeah, if you want some, like, uh, yeah, we shouldn't get too sidetracked with this whole uh, Jeffrey Epstein thing because we could spend a long time talking about it. Um, but, you know, shameless plug for our other podcast that we're totally all on, uh, True and On, if you yeah. want to find out more about it. Is, yeah, I'm the one but... with the sexy voice. That oh. would be the producer. <laughs> Mike, uh, sorry. Jeremy is definitely Young Chomsky. And Mason is Brace Belden. I'm Brace Belden. You heard it here first, folks. Um, and Charlemagne is cute. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, there's like, I don't know. I what do you guys think were the most surprising parts of this movie? 
surprising. I think, um, I think what I was surprised by was like how nice the Republican women were. Yeah, they were, they were shockingly like supportive of his daughter. Being the anti men. And I think, I think it just shows that like, I don't know, I feel like Republican women a lot. I don't know. I feel like a lot of them are just like, aren't this like monster that you hear, but like, I know. Like this, I think it's like that, that that Republican woman, like that woman was just like deeply, deeply Christian. Like, yeah, I think probably like an abortion single issue voter, probably kind of Christian. And so, like the way that she was like, she was not supportive of this woman's like, like, uh, like how this woman was being like, you know, um, like kept by her father or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's another thing. I honestly almost completely forgot about that scene, but that scene is another great example of Borat's subsequent movie film presenting a more human side of. Oh, and the babysitter. Yeah, the babysitter was a, but a good character. doesn't it just show you something about us or about how, I mean, um, what's bipartisan this country is? Or yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. That's not, I think it's a good word like, for yeah, it. I mean, yeah, the idea that, like, we think Republicans literally are evil the way that Borat thinks that Jews literally yeah. have huge ears and noses and are green. All right, yeah. guys, hear me out. This is my new movie pitch. I'm going to be walking around. I'm going to be going to Democrat. Um, I'm going to go to the center of, like, Democrat. What's that, what's that Facebook page? Like, the Democrat no Facebook idea. page that people love? Oh, God, it's, like, Occupy Democrats. And oh, I'm going to yeah. go to the center of, like, Occupy Democrats. I'm going to do the same exact thing that Ford did with the Jews, but about Republicans. And it's going to be very smart. Yeah. I can, uh, I can see that. Um, but, oh, speaking of the Jews and this whole, like... Now that we're talking about this more, I'm beginning to think that one of the takeaways of this movie, despite also, well, I don't know, I'll I'll talk about that in a second, but I think one of the takeaways of this movie is that we should not reduce people across party lines and that these preconceptions that we have are wrong. And that sometimes like, you know, I hate to, I hate to say it as a militant communist, but sometimes reaching across the aisle if you even if you can't change someone's mind might help you respect them more and i think that the scene in the synagogue where you know borat goes oh, that was his, so his get up of a did you guys, jew did you guys see the extras i heard the about extras? i heard about the extras bit yeah it was i mean she just talks about like how her mother and her grandmother were taken away and they killed in the holocaust it's like so sad yeah but that's just, this woman has so much like love in her heart yeah that woman was so sweet yeah, that was She's that like, was. I'm a, a Jew. Really Don't be afraid scene. of me. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah, and apparently, like afterwards, yeah, and afterwards, like Sasha Baron Cohen explained the entire thing to her and everything. And, yeah, yeah, which good on. And also, her family, her actually, her her state is suing um Borat right now. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a, oh, it's a big, she died, didn't she? She died. Yeah, she died eight months after filming. Mm. And so, like the, the the state is suing her because suing suing Borat because Borat was like. I mean, because they like, but like, but she consented, and there's a video of her being like, "I consent wholly to this." Like, I yeah. really, I really think, and she comes across amazing. Like, she just comes across yeah. so good and so I sweet. I mean, at that point, people are just trying to get money. They know yeah. Sacha Baron Cohen has money. Not to not to stereotype anyone, Kelly. Okay, watch yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it's semantic, huh? Just well, trying to get just, money, huh? We just I learned about how Jews are people too. That maybe aren't logical. Um. um but I also just want to touch on something. Sorry to speak so much right now. Um, but like what Mason said about being a militant communist and reaching across the, I mean, I, one of the, one of the like founding, one of the most important tenets of communism is the solidarity of work. That class. is true. Working it is, it is about class solidarity. Yeah, exactly. True. And so we should, we should be, you know, and, and Jeremy, you know, Jeremy is a, a strong, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, ANCAP. Libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he doesn't I think believe it- that. It comes down to, and this is turning into a very political podcast and not so much a film podcast. Politopod. I mean, that's the thing, though. With a, with a movie, cinema. With a movie like this, I feel like it's hard not to Content talk about dictates, politics. Content yeah. dictates, yeah. But um, what I, it's like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of family who's from the Midwest and, you know, a handful of them, I would say are, you know, conservative with the capital C. Um, and, you know, they're, I mean, obviously they're my family. They're going to be pretty nice to me, but 
they are very nice and kind people. It's just that their values come down to them and themselves and the livelihood of their homestead and the people close to them. And, you know, those are the values that they want seeing to, they want to be reflected in their politics. Are they rich Republicans? Not, not to pry? No, not really. No. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's, but, like, they're kind of voting against their interests. You know? I'm not saying, okay. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. Kelly, I'm saying, I'm saying, I know, like, I I know what you're saying, but, like, also. It's okay, just like, yeah. maybe, but that's, regardless, seeing, <laughs> I would say you're being kind of an asshole, which I would Sorry. say they, no, no, which they is, like, being told that and, like, that they don't understand the life that they live themselves is going to be, you know, turned yeah. off from them. Anyway, yeah. I think that there's a conflict more in, like, you know, people who are liberal and live in the city and live this very bustling life and live this, you know, quote-unquote worldly life where they see this perspective of many different people. And obviously the internet is democratizing this. But anyway, this comes back to say that I think it's more, you know, people are people and people are nice, regardless yeah. of whether they think... I don't know women, I mean, yeah. which I think is studies, and it's like your 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 political uh, your political disposition comes down to where you were born, really, more than anything. It strongly correlates with where you were born and your culture. Yeah, and who your parents were. Yeah, and I think I think it's interesting that Borat, subsequent movie film, um, like has so much of this idea of seeing people on other with other political stances as more than just their political stance and then ends with a like scene that's maybe a little too on the nose of the like the running of the american where like i hated that i hated the karen bit was, like yeah that was just too little know. too late oh and what are you yeah. doing you just found a meme on the internet and you just oh embarrassing i really i mean maybe you hated it but i think it works I think it works. In I, I hated the Karen part. The only the only part I hated was the Karen part. Sorry. Yeah, so that's like I like I vehemently I hate any time a movie references a meme. <laughs> like it's just like it's just like you just you, you just immediately just that's just leave that for the content creators. <laughs> well, me, memes are just like memes are just like they're stupid. Like they're not gonna last. Like like the second a meme happens, it's already out of like out of date. Yeah, you know, it's never gonna be like a. Cool yeah, trend. by the by the time it makes its way into Borat's subsequent movie film, it's already getting a bit tired i think that that's I think it not a very valid criticism to be honest okay it, that's reasonable. I, I would say that karen i mean i would say that that delegitimizes the social influence of memes in general if memes are to only exist and be relevant the moment after that they even exist then what is their how do they make meaning at all i mean well, I, I guess I, I, it's only retroactive it's it's more for me that like having that such a specific reference to a form of content that tends to have such a fleeting time in people's consciousness like dates is the wrong word but like ages, i don't know I, yeah it, it ages it it ages the, that scene poorly i think everything else in the movie is like cutting edge like very funny like current very current except the karen meme which is like was like super popular and now whenever i think of it i think of like neckbeards because like it's like people who, like people have used karen now as like a way to less like like now like karen is like loved by people because not not because they actually are talking about like the white like the white problem of like the white woman who uh is like you know conservative and is you know problematic but it's because they love dunking on women in general like the fact like like karen like i feel like karen has been popularized to like just like like, like misogynists love it because it's just like, look, I told you these horrible women, these horrible stereotypes about women, they're true and they're Karen and everyone's experienced it. I don't know. I, don't, I still see I mean, Karen I, in other like discourse that's definitely not misogynistic. Um, I think I just spend a lot of time around like alt-right Zoomers because of, you know, the unfortunate nature of my stream. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... You know, I don't think that we should criticize all the use of memes in movies because we don't like the Karen meme. All right. Anyway, that's I mean, my, imagine, that's imagine if like Borat had like a troll face in it. That so, would like, be pretty funny. Com- I'm not gonna lie. Like, rage comics are like, funny. Problem. <laughs> 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 um, 
but yeah i think coming back to it i think that even though it is a bit like on the nose i think the running of the american does it works in the way of that the message of the film is like it it plays with a lot of outward perspectives of thinking people others others are despicable essentially and disgusting and in a way it has this interesting layer of like you know i mean donald trump is constantly um you know the criticized for his appearance which is fairly shallow but he's also you know i would say disclaimer my opinion a despicable human (laughs) so there is that interesting layer of um i don't know just coming back to it and anyway yeah i don't that was kind of a throwaway comment but yeah (laughs) yeah um is there oh i enjoyed this movie but i wouldn't say it was as good as the original what were you gonna say sorry mason i was gonna say i was gonna say that we can't like wrap this podcast out without talking about the like capstone scene of this movie being the Rudy Giuliani interview. Oh my God! Yeah, we haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> I think that I think that was. I honestly think that was overhyped. I agree that it was overhyped. Like I think, like, is anyone surprised that Rudy Giuliani is a disgusting scumbag? But literally, no. but the thing is, like, it's, but it wasn't like a pedophile thing. Like, she's twenty-four. She's a twenty-four-year-old woman. Like, you I'm not pretend, saying like, that it was a pedophile thing. Yeah. I'm just no, saying people are saying anyone that right like yeah. shocks that he's like handsy towards like yeah, exactly. a foreign blonde woman not really like, I, I mean maybe that's just us becoming numb to our politicians being dirt bags but i mean i feel like I think it's I, still important to doc that they put it in there and yeah because i've never i've never i think really seen other than like you know like short clips on twitter from news things like i've never seen such damning evidence of someone just being an utter creep especially like a really high profile person in a setting where they knew they were being recorded. But no, I'm no, but they, they, that, that camera, that room is filled up with like uh, cameras. I mean, I was, I was talking, yeah. I mean, I well, I was talking more about the initial scenes in an interview where like, he's, you know, very touchy with her and like, I don't. There's, there's. Well, I think she's also flirting with him, which I don't think makes definitely it right is. At all. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, like she's trying, she's trying to get it as like you know. She's, she's definitely dating him. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely like coaxing it out of him, touching his knee, things like that. Yeah. I'm not saying. I mean, you could criticize that in and of itself, but I mean, the way that he acts is also inappropriate. But yeah. Yeah, I don't really see it. I agree and disagree. I think it's important that they put it in there, but maybe not the biggest takeaway for me. I think people were a little bit too much like, yeah, you know, I think people wanted it to be more than it was of it with his hands in his pants and being like, you'll thank me later. Like, okay. We all already knew that this was the image that was coming. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been like really damning if like he took his dick out, like actually, but like the fact that he didn't like, it's, it's like, it's not that much, it's not that much of a story because there's so yeah. much plausible deniability yeah. there. I mean, yeah. I guess they, I mean, at some point they had to also protect her and like also not put her. Exactly. And I think, I think, I think it was a smart decision. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think, I think it was the smartest decision to not like whatever. Push but. it farther than. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, the, not the damning scene that everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think though, so to come back to it, I kind of already said this, but. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, I think I enjoyed the original Borat more. And to be honest, I had never seen the original Borat until I did a project for it this year. Um, Or like, you know, within the last 12 months. So it's not because I have this nostalgic view of Borat and like watching it with, you know, I don't know, some people in middle school or whatever. It, I, I think the original Borat was, I mean, maybe it's just the high stakes of this one being tied up in coronavirus and the election. It feels very current and also like, oh, yes, this is real and this actually matters. Whereas the original Borat, maybe the stakes weren't as high. 
so the political commentary was more free and the the moments there are more moments of ridiculousness i think but yeah. oh wait we didn't even talk about really the the facts man who is who he is the best part of the movie i would say the facts man yeah he's a great <laughs> a great character like that whole part was really funny to me i like the part where you draw the sad face yeah yeah his sad face is is really shows a lot about his character and you know i feel like he deserves money and if anyone knows his venmo i'm sure that he has a venmo given that he works at a fax yeah um, or you can just fax fax him him some money (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we used to do it in the old days mason always knows always listen to mason yeah um but yeah going back to what you had just said previously kelly Mm -hmm. i also i did not watch Borat until maybe my like junior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also don't have that nostalgia factor. And I think I enjoyed watching the first one more as well. I think the reasons that you pointed out about the stakes are definitely something that I felt with this movie. Um, and I think I also, I enjoyed the lack of, script in the first one more i think it made it feel like a more authentic portrayal of everything that happened in it knowing that it was pretty much all unscripted yeah Yeah. definitely that was but also on that but like that is definitely like i definitely again definitely first one's way better agree with you guys there but i do admit i liked i did like the sincerity um of this of the of the second one there's like a lot i feel like there's a lot more sincerity like the sincerity of inherent of like having a plot, um, that's very sincere. Um, the sincerity of like a lot more moments of like, like a lot more breathing moments of like, let's like, look how good people can be. Yeah. Like look yeah. how good that these people are, and that's like I I really, I felt like this movie had a lot more. Like it's it's a movie that's like, you know like, post irony kind of. It's just like it's it's dealing with like the fact of like post postmodernism. Like we're finally getting we're over it. Like. Like, 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 I think Sasha Baron, Karen, Baron Cohen, honestly, is like probably like getting tired of like exposing how horrible humanity is and like wants a little bit to have the sincere moments. And that's why he had that plot, just because it's like, yeah. I think it will be interesting in like, you know, years' time when hopefully the world resumes some sense of normalcy um, to maybe rewatch this out of context of the current yeah. downward spiral of humanity and see if it brings us back to this place or if out of context it it lives in a space that is more you know i i I have to think that that sincerity comes at least partly from cutting it during the pandemic i mean i think in general i mean people are getting tired of um more and more of of this like lack of sincerity like it's just like it's like a fucking you watch these marvel movies and they have like a cutting edge bit like they're like epic funny moment every 10 seconds and it's just like after a while you're just like please dear god like just take it seriously like yeah just take the movie fucking seriously like just do anything serious like not everything not all tension needs to be relieved immediately with a goofy joke yeah i think this borat subsequent movie film did a pretty good job of balancing the scripted with the unscripted um and i also overall. think yeah i also think that the actress that was hired to be sasha baron cohen's daughter really holds her she own did amazing. yeah she did, she did such amazing. a good job <laughs> i heard <laughs> like, they like, interviewed like a lot of people like she was like just outstanding yeah and like i think that she she really played off of sasha baron cohen very well i also yeah. thought it was funny i don't know if you guys could tell and <laughs> this is such a long podcast she broke ending soon but I really thought that you could tell that their Kazakhstani language or whatever that they were speaking was just gibberish. It was, no, it was not gibberish at all. Really? Was, yeah, speaking? no, I understood some of it. It was Romanian. It's, uh, oh, it was very interesting. I, I, one, of them, one of them was, at some points, they were speaking a Slavic language. I was like, I understood like, every other word, and I was like, what the I fuck? I think it was Slavic-influenced. There was definitely like, a Slavic language. They, oh, they really? were saying like real words. I understood it's like some every other word. I, I like, felt like they were saying things sometimes it, like 
banana. Oh, Joshua Baron Cohen was speaking Hebrew. I heard. Yeah. I heard that. And apparently, like he was doing funny bits. Like he was like, if you understood Hebrew, there were some in jokes there. Interesting. In the original Borat, I know in the original Borat he did, but it seems like in this one it was more gibberish. But I could be wrong. I, I mean, it would make more sense if it was a legitimate language in least some way that then they could understand what they were saying in the times when it was just back and forth between them. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know. Anyway, I was really surprised. I think that we should start giving ratings. Okay. Um, so I would give this um, three and a half assholes out of five. Are we doing an odd cinema thing where we just make up random? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is a completely original bit that we're doing right now. No one right, has ever done this before. Buckets of popcorn and a sweaty thumbs up. <laughs> Real nice and sweaty. My arm, my armpit has been my my hand has been in the armpit this entire stream. At least close down the pants. All right. Um. Oh God. Now I have to make a oh, rating. So bad. Um, I give it um seven unbent paper clips out of nine and a half. Wow. All right. Actually, out of you know, actually out of out of nine. I think I think uh, I think I'll give it that. So overwhelmingly positive, or not overwhelmingly, but. Um, all around positive you know get, yeah. go and watch it it's a it's a fun watch you know yeah it's fun and i don't know if it's fun. Not it was a strong watch for sure it had a big impact yeah i think i in some ways yes i think i would recommend this movie to people who like to think about politics because it is really interesting yeah, yeah. well after i watched it i um recommended it to my friend who did a thesis on QAnon actually all right we are running out yeah. of time fast so let's do our outro uh this has um, been cinephonies with uh mason kelly and jeremy san diego thanks for tuning in uh you should go watch the borat movies both of them if you haven't already um yeah you should yeah. all right jeremy san diego got to go talk to crazy mike we got to start the stream soon so all right yeah. yeah hop on the crazy mike stream also beat saber we love you we can you can now watch this podcast on many other platforms. I don't know, but they're all listed in the description. Yeah, Bye. And we're still on Spotify, so follow us. <laughs> also, um, we we love Jewish people, so make yeah. that clear. Let's Big let's fan. make that clear. As a and Jew, women, I love we Jewish do like people. them and women. Jewish women, Jewish women are above all other women. <laughs> That's how much. Wait, is this podcast actually going to end? I wanted to just like end our meeting, but is it? I feel like it's been less than a minute for over a minute now. Yeah. No, I was just at less than a minute for me, like starting now. Oh. Huh. Mine has been at less than a minute for a while. No, mine was at mine was at like one one minute thirteen seconds, thirteen huh. seconds. Well, like thirty seconds ago. So here we go, less than a minute. The moment. Let's freaking go. It's about to happen. Um, any second now. <laughs> any any second now. All right, I'm just any minute now. Love you guys. You keep me young. Can you can you can you can you, can you bleep out? You keep like, my wife. Words and pretend he's <laughs> Very, like nice. Very nice. Very nice. How much? Very nice. How much? No slurs in this podcast. No. Wow, wow, anti -slur, we? Anti-slur podcast. Oh wait, what well, should we, we get our Borat next week, guys? Out. Oh yeah, shit. We do have to figure that out. Um, um spooky scary. We should watch. We can do it. We can do scary. Although 